your birthday ever. Knows you really well. I'm so bad. It's good. No, it's good. Can't have too much wine. I know. Um, Hi, Kate. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. It's a cold winter day. Yeah, it's been really cold here lately. No snow, though. No snow. What would you choose if you could have any climate at all? What would you choose? Um, I mean, it's tough because it's like I like the cold because it makes you appreciate the warm days. If it's just 70 degrees every day, that's boring. Yes. So I think I like. I like the Colorado climate, but it's too dark and too cold. I would just like a little bit less of the dark and cold and also less of the heat. So somewhere between 30 to 80 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? It's the biggest spectrum ever. Um, Fahrenheit. I I think april 25th because it's not too hot it's not too cold all you need is a light jacket that is the perfect day (laughs) no but really uh i love that we get so much sun here um it makes the cold not as unbearable but i think really for me is like 50 50 degrees but feels like chilly you know love 50 degree weather and like chilly enough for a light sweater not like a heavy jacket yeah. I just feel like I look like the marshmallow man in my big puffy coat. Yeah, I feel that way too. But I do like having layers. I don't like having, I don't like wearing shorts, like having my legs out all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I like pants weather. Same. And boots. Love boots weather. Yeah. I just love a good sweater. Mm-hmm. Like one that feels really soft. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever have like, um, like people, like close friends or like, you know, like people you're dating and they're like wearing such like a great, like soft material that you're just like, yeah, you're just like petting it. You're just like, I need a hug. I mean, I love that. I used to have this pink sweater for years. I don't know where it is. I got to find it. I mean, I'm sure it's gone, but, um, it was so soft and I just loved it. And then I would like spray perfume on it, you know, and it would just like really hold the scent. Mm -hmm. I love that. Speaking of perfumes, mm-hmm. smell this. I got some Versace Ooh, today at Sephora. Just, you know, like the travel size spray because one, you know, not made of money. And then two, because uh, I get tired of perfumes. You know, yeah, you got to like, switch it up. And I feel like this one's very like musky. So yeah, um, I like it. And yeah, I never really wear warm scents like this, but I'm digging it. I love Glossier's the one. <gasps> yes, I've been wanting to try that one, but like nobody has it that you can smell it. You know what I mean? No and stores, so, so you gotta buy it. Yeah, you gotta just commit. You gotta just jump in. dollars gotta commit. Although, I think they have a small one. They have a small one? Yeah, I would try the small one. Okay. Isn't it one that like mixes with your pheromones, so it's kind of different on everyone? Yes, it's like the perfect scent. I love that. Um, what is something that you like recently bought for yourself that made you happy? Um, this is random, but I did buy Glossy is the one I already went through it, but I got it on a uh, Poshmark, like Ooh. a used one. Nice. For $25. Amazing. Amazing. Loved it. But I bought, I love, I love that bit of recycling, right? Cause it's so easy to just like chuck it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but to like 
be like, I'm not going to use this half bottle of really expensive perfume. Yeah. Love it. I, I've purchased things on Poshmark before that are a mistake. Mm. So it's a risk. Yeah. Like it never comes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say same. Yeah. I did like a mystery bag one time where it was like a, like somebody was a stylist, ugh, a stylist on um, Poshmark and uh they pick you five items based on your pinterest boards and likes and stuff really yeah so i was like it's kind of risky but you get five items for like it was like 75 dollars. i got like two things that i liked and wore but i did like gift other i did gift some of it away that's kind of fun yeah you just never know you never know welcome to never knows (laughs) we're so glad you're here Today we're talking about online dating profiles yes. and things we don't like. Yeah. You know, and I, I mentioned to Chris, I was like, here are some things I keep seeing reoccurring in dating profiles for men. But I also wonder, um, like, what are some things that we think are the faux pas of women? Oh yeah, let's, let's we'll definitely um, we'll definitely have to ask those questions to our upcoming male guests. But um, one of the things I've heard is uh, that women um, take topless pictures at the top of mountains here, specific to like hiking women, um, and like just women show, who hike, yeah, women. <laughs> And just like it's a picture of her back, but you can clearly tell that she's like flashing the, you know, landscape. What if he did that, but I was um, just at the mall on the second (laughs) floor of the mall looking out over? What if we had you, what if we just photoshopped you doing that and put you in random like stock photography? Random places. Five photos or however many you can have on Hinge and it's just my back. Mm Mm-hmm. I, um, so I recently got back on Bumble because I feel like the power is mine, but I also hate that at the same time. We'll circle back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I dropped Hinge for a minute because I just, it was not a quality environment for me. Um, and I, I want to talk about like some of the faux pas we see in men's dating profiles on Bumble versus Hinge. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's different? Yeah. So I think that part of it is because like women have to make all the first moves, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So one of the things I keep running into and by keep running into, I've ran into this like at least four or five times. Um, And so that's frequent to me is that men will put in their bios, like, please say, like, more than hi when you message me. And that really bothers me for two reasons. One, uh, we already have to make the first move. Mm-hmm. And that's that's nerve-wracking, right? Because, like, Bumble has essentially switched the gender roles that we've been conditioned to. So it kind of feels awkward all around, right? But then two is I'm already having to make the first move and now you want me to be interesting and performative for you? Um, No. Right. How would you feel about that? Well, all I ever say is hi. So that makes me feel better that they're 
that's what every other woman is doing too. Yeah. Like I, I'm not a dancing monkey. I'm not going to just like yeah. be super interesting right off the bat. Like what, what is it you want me to say? Sorry. I just re-downloaded Bumble and it had all these like questions and then it was like trying to get me to pay. Do you pay for it either? Oh no. 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 I delete them like every five days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just get like fed up with it and then I'm like, fuck it. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm already it's, seeing things I don't like. It's too upsetting. Um, okay. So I'm going to tell you a few of the ones that I have bookmarked, if you will. Yes, please. Um, which basically means screenshot and sent to all my friends. Um, so protecting the names of the guilty Dalton, um, said in his profile, picky. So probably won't swipe right. He says more, but that was the kicker that got me. Wow. But also this at the bottom. I have my shit together, peace sign, emotionally intelligent, and I know how to communicate. Is this true, Dalton? Wow. Thoughts? I mean, he's very confident. Yeah. Also, he is looking, ladies, for somebody to aggravate the hell out of. He's already doing a good job with me. Yeah, that's very weird. Where's he from? Can or you just? Yeah, uh, a lot of them are from here. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And that has um, that's where we are. (laughs) Yeah, categorically been a problem though, and Mm -hmm. we'll circle back to that. Uh, So, I will also say beyond Dalton, in the same vein of this is. Men who say, I've been to therapy. I have done therapy. Oh. So using that in like past tense, like, I'm good. Like, yeah. No more self growth here. Then they're done that. Interesting. Am I reading too much into these? I I mean, you could be reading too much into the, the, I've been to therapy. Because sometimes you like go, you take a break, you go, you take a break. Um, But you could, you could start that conversation by commenting on that and say it's over or <laughs> you're all good now. Yeah. You're healed. Tell me how you got That's there. Like. What is that like? <laughs> no more emotional baggage for you. Um, okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Here's this. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like, hi, air quotes, as first response is kind of cheating. Just kidding. Obviously, meeting on dating apps is inherently a little awkward. I ain't mad at you. I like that. I like that sort of like play on the awkwardness of it all, but also being like, hey, I know that you might say hi, and that's, you know, cheeky, but. And then that makes you want to say more than hi. Yeah. Not for these other dweebs. Okay, what else have you seen lately? Um, okay, so these are a few things I don't like. One, um, a guy riding a bike. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait, let me see. I don't care. What is his name? Do you know him? Maybe. Is Arvada next to Golden? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not the guy I was thinking of, but I definitely have talked to this guy before. Oh, is he nice? He's fine. Uh, I think it's so funny that you and I have like the same 
um, I know people get pulled up all the time and you're like, I, I swiped on this guy and I'm like, I, I talked to him before. (laughs) Well, that's great. I can get like your review, like two stars. I love it. I love it. I'll give you all of my Yelp reviews. Mm -hmm. I also don't like this. Um, who is she? A guy and a hot girl. Okay. This is definitely, yeah. Men perk up. This is definitely on my list of top 10 things that men should stop putting on their dating profiles. It is so tacky to me for you to put other women on your dating profile. Like you don't have five photos by yourself or with like one or two friends that are not female. Like, right. You shouldn't have to caveat your photos and be like, oh, that's my sister. Oh, that's my friend. And then it's like, why is your arm around your sister's waist? Like, (laughs) oh, gross. (laughs) Um, Maybe this is his sister. Actually, they look alike. But then I, this guy, so here's three photos in a row of him and another guy. Is that weird? Well, who is he? Like, I just don't know which one he is. Like, I don't know him. I haven't met him. <gasps> yes. So, like, that is definitely a thing where they're not in at least one solo photo by themselves. Right. Or the one photo is the side of his face with sunglasses and a hat. Yeah. So I obviously weird. assume that in a group photo that they are the ugliest one because why else would you put yourself with all of your hot friends you assume in a group photo that they're the ugliest yes huh is that rude well like i don't know i need to look at my own profile i i can't remember if i've i think i have my family um, like a whole family. I like a whole family photo because then I can really yeah, see I like that. how the jeans But are. I think it needs to be a variety, right? Like you yeah. need at least one photo with him, no hat, no glasses. I mean, not, no not sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah. Um, uh, so that you can, you know, get what? a good sense of their face. Look directly at the camera. Yes. Um, and then no no women in your profile photos like it's fine to have female friends who cares but like do you need them in your dating profile i don't think that you do uh all that it tells me is like i'm like i can get a lot of women to like me right it's a weird vibe it is i also don't like when people put kids on their profile that are not theirs that's really weird yeah like Like, what if like it's like what if that wasn't his kid it's just a guy (laughs) holding a baby (laughs) I don't know what they're trying to accomplish there because it's like, I, I love my nephews and my niece to death, but like, I would never put them in my dating profile. Like, what is that? What is that showing you? Like I'm maternal. Oh and, my God. But, and also a lot of these men who have their, their like nephews or their niece and they're like, this is not my kid. will be like, not sure yet on kids. And I'm like, well, what are you trying to accomplish, bro? Like, where, weird. where are you at? <laughs> I will also say I found the funniest meme my friend sent to me where she was like, um, what did it say? It was like the amount of Tinder profiles of men who are in their 40s who are like, still one day I want to have kids is baffling to me. And I just started laughing because I was like, this is so true. This is yeah, 100% accurate where they're like, I'm, I'm still undecided about a relationship and still casually looking and still want to have kids in the future. And I'm like, okay, maybe you don't have like as strict as a clock of, as women do biologically, but like, do you like, do you really want to be the old dad? Like, yeah. You know, 
I mean, it, I guess it's good that they're honest, but I, my range is actually pretty tight. So I'm not looking at guys who are older, like oh, that really? much older. But I Okay, what's just, your range? I changed it recently to be really wide so I could see just now, like for this podcast uh-huh. episode, like so I could see all the ranges of people and what they're doing. And um, it's scary, right? It's very scary. Young, I'm actually scared of the young people too. Really? I'm just scared. But I really like our age group. I, I feel most comfortable with millennials. We have our own little weird language. Yes. Okay, but how young is young and how old is old for you? So I, I think the range that I like is, well, I just turned 34 yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I better up my range. With Taylor Swift? Yes. Wait, but you're a year older. Yes. She's 33. Yes. Right behind me. And she may or may not be married, although lately I've been thinking she is married. I think she's just engaged. Okay. And she'll do a big wedding. I have a whole hypothesis about this. Would you think they're going to have a big wedding? No, I do not. I think that- Are they going to tell us? I think that they'll probably get a quiet little wedding somewhere by themselves and she'll like post photos and stuff. I do. Yeah. I, I don't think she's going to make a ho- big hoopla. Oh, I don't think right. that's her. So back to our topic um, of age ranges. Yes, I for you. like like 32 to 38. Oh. Is that too, too tight? Um, no, I don't think so. I think... Mine is currently set to 31 to 40. Okay. Uh, I may narrow that actually um, because like I said, a lot of the men who are 40 or close to 40 and they're never knows are like still undecided. And I'm like, I know. I don't have time for you to figure it out. Right. You've lived four decades. You should get your shit together. It's really weird how time passes and years of your life can go by so quickly and it, like you don't mature or age, but then you'll have one tough year and you grow so much and you get more mature. Yeah. Anyways, so um, I like when a guy has a sense of humor on his profile, but yes. a lot of jokes don't carry over through the dating app. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Especially like jokes that air on the side of misogynistic. Oh my gosh, yeah. Or inside jokes about a specific movie. It's uh, like yeah. it's a risk. Yeah, it's definitely a risk. You're narrowing your playing field for real. Let me show you. Oh, this was I guess a joke, but I don't know. Um, I'm looking for is the prompt, and he said Jeb Bush, but I guess you'll do. What does that mean? I have no idea. Okay. Also a last minute Valentine dinner. How old is your profile, dude? It's December. It's December. Like. Um, this is Fred. He said, I go crazy for, that's the prompt. And he said, sushi and food. Uh, Those are, that doesn't make sense. Sushi is food. Yeah. I also don't like selfies in the car with the seatbelt on. Oh, yeah. I don't like gym selfies. No gym selfies. But, and I also don't like when they're too specific about what they want. Um, like this guy. He lists his simple pleasures. 
Sunrises, sunsets, mountain views, windows down, music up, making out, yoga, weight training, climbing gym, anime, cereal, live music, EDM, cuddling, psychological thrillers, coziness. But I think, I think this is physiological thrillers. Psychological would be P-S-Y-C-H. I can't spell. That's a no-no for me. Uh, I like the rest of it, though. You should send him to me. (laughs) Okay. I'll give you this guy. Has it been – have I talked to you about the first date with Cat Daddy? No. We haven't talked about it, but we really set it up on the episode with Marlo, so we have to discuss it. So, um, this – okay – uh, y'all don't know him, so it's it's not uh, sharing too much, but I'd like to break this conversation wide open. So Cat Daddy and I meet at a brewery. He is nice as can be, like Aww. super, super sweet guy. Um, he's younger than me by, oh, uh, six years. I didn't realize it was that much. Okay, good Good job with the fast math there. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, 27 for me was like days ago. It was not. It was six years. Over half a decade. Um, six oh. years. Humbling. Uh, so, okay. We go, we have drinks at um, a local brewery. And. Um, Did you eat? No. Because, like, I always like to grab a drink and Mm -hmm. be able to like bail if I need to. Right. So drinks first, if happy hour is going well, then I'll be like, let's get some food. Right, and you're you're hungry. But if I'm like, oh, I need to go check on my dog at home. I haven't been home all day. Yeah, that's believable because it's right after work and very, very plausible. I didn't really want to stay for food. Like he was good, he was like, um, he was so nice, but like, clearly there was just like such, um, I wouldn't say it was all the age gap, but it was like maturity gap. Oh, and what are the indicators? Like what were the signs? Um, he didn't really know how to be on a first date. You could tell like, um, like he was, and it's like, okay to be nervous. I'm not a monster. Like I get nervous too, but, um, like he just like couldn't hold a conversation. Um, And then at the end of our date, he was like, oh, I feel like there's something I should tell you. Oh my God, I'm so nervous. um, I was like, okay. And he was like, I'm still a virgin. And I was like, that's perfectly fine. Like it's it's fine. Like, Okay, I'm I'm gonna ask your first reaction on that, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna com- I'm gonna comment on that. Oh my god, wait! You had an awkward date over beer, and then at the end, like a couple hours later, he says, "I have to tell you, I'm a virgin." Like, why did he even need to tell you? Yeah. First of all, yeah, it's not my business. Second of all, well, it's a little my business, but no, I, I mean, I would think like, like what were his intentions? Why did he feel like he needed to tell you that? I will say, um, I was older when I lost my virginity too. And for me, um, not having that much experience for me, it was like, 
like one of those things at the surface. I'm like, I don't want to put this person Got in it. a weird position. Mm-hmm. Or also like I was very uncomfortable with like physical intimacy for a very long time for various reasons. And um, so I think that for him, he didn't want to give me false expectations. But I Mm -hmm. will say this, like this had nothing to do with me not going on a second date because I had been there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I just know that we were in like completely different stages in our life because- Right, you were a very mature, wise 33 year old. Thank you, I have been through But you look like you're 22. Yes, I was mansplained today at the DMV. The guy was like walking me through how to use the kiosk. I forgot to tell you that part of it. And Chris and I all the time talk about how like men mansplaining things to us is like so rude and so ugh, cringy. It's, it happens every single day of my life. I'm yeah. Man, like some man will stop me and explain something to me. And I had to like, it was an older gentleman. So I know that he didn't mean anything by it, but I also was like, what, like, I don't want to be an asshole, but like, I, I know how to do things yeah. and, and like, I don't need you to belittle me in front of other people walking me through literally how to use a kiosk. So you have to finish the story. Cat Daddy Virgin. Oh, yes. Okay. So Cat Daddy, um, a virgin, late 20s. This is okay. I will, like, this is fine. This is not why the date went south um, at all. Like, love yeah. love who you love. Like, virginity is a construct that society created to hold women back. So um, if you disagree with that, go ahead and follow me on Instagram. We'll have a conversation. It is weird that we put so much focus on the first time. Like what if, what if he had sex really young? That's like another thing I think that's kind of taboo. Anyway, so like what if he had sex once and then not for eight years? Yeah. So he's Mm -hmm. not a virgin, but he's basically a virgin. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Um, So he felt like really scared to tell me that. And I was like, it's, fine you know like the same thing I told you is like love you love like everybody's in their own journey everybody is like you know working through things at their own pace like you don't know what trauma other people have like um and and so yeah uh so we just continue talking we continue the date and he's so nice and just so kind that I really hated to not go out on a second date with him for that fact. But I also was like, um, it would be me sending the wrong message to him, like, because I know this is not going anywhere and it's not going anywhere, not because he's inexperienced sexually, but because like, we're just in very different life stages and we want very different things. Um, so late twenties, like, doesn't know when he wants a partnership, doesn't know when he wants to have kids. And I really hate when people put this on their dating profile that they, are looking for a relationship and they want to have kids, but then like you meet with them in real life and you're like, you are nowhere near that. Um, right. What is this someday air quotes used like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, like mm-hmm. men don't have a stopwatch, but women do. And that is like, this is one thing that really grinds my gears about 
the way that people talk about women in that like, oh, she's just like looking for a man because she wants to pop out babies by a certain time and everything. And it's like, um, no, but like biologically I could have kids well into my late thirties, early forties because people in my family have done that. Um, hopefully knock on wood. Um, but I don't want that. I don't want that life for me because I don't want to be an older mom. Like Mm -hmm. the, and so I'm not in a rush to like, I wouldn't just like, you know, bang any dude and like, Mm -hmm. you know, want to have kids with him. But I, these are things that I want. And these are things I want in the next five years. And I've already looked into alternatives, like fostering, having a kid, like with a sperm donor, like all of those different things, Mm -hmm. because like, for me, this is an important part of my life and I don't need you to fulfill that. Right. And I think that that has given me, um, more, confidence in dating. I think it's also given me more, um, just, I wouldn't say a safety net, but just like comfort knowing that I don't need anyone to make my goals, dreams, whatever you want to label it as happen. Good for you. And that's interesting that it's shifted your dating perspective. Did you ever see that JLo movie where she I actually never saw it, but like <laughs> she um, decides she's going to have a kid through like a sperm donor and then meets the love of her life, Michael Vartan, and she has a chihuahua in a wheelchair. I haven't seen it either, but. She was in two movies with Michael Vartan. Okay, maybe not Michael Vartan. Wait, she was in Mother in Law with him. Oh, yeah. I don't like that movie. It stresses me out. Yeah, I do love Jane Fonda, though. Love. Love. Another queen. Uh, I love her young 70s French era. Yeah. I love her and Lily Tomlin are such good friends. Like, 9 to 5 is like... I haven't seen it in 15 years. I need to rewatch it. I have it. We should watch it. Girls' Night. You have, like, a DVD and a DVD player? Uh, I have a DVD player. I have it on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I don't know why I was, like, picturing a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, let's definitely watch it soon. Um, okay, so back to the story. Yes, so I leave the date and um, I just basically, like, I, I sit on it for a minute because I'm like, he's so kind, he's so nice. Could I make this work? And so I sit on it for like a night and I basically, I like, I messaged him and I was like, I had such a good time. I think you're such a great guy. I just don't think that we are in the same place in our lives. Like Mm -hmm. willing to hang out as friends if you want to. That's a perfect Um, breakup text. I'm going to steal that. Can you text it to me? Yes. (laughs) Um, But I, I know that it would be like disingenuous for me to continue going on dates with you. Um, And he was like, he was great. He was great about it. He was like, thank you so much for not leading me on everything. And here's the thing is like a lot, like in my twenties, I was such a people pleaser and had such a hard time with dating and physical intimacy and knowing, knowing what I wanted and like wanting people to like me that like, if anybody liked me, like I would continue to go out with them. Cause you like that they like you. 
I liked that they liked me. And I just felt really bad if a really nice guy liked me, but I didn't like him back. So I felt compelled to go on dates with him. That's tough. I grew out of that though. Thank God. I guess I like being liked too, but well, you did say that you want somebody who doesn't like the waitress as much as he likes you. You don't want anybody exactly. to be nicer to other women than they are to you. I have high expectations. No. Not high enough. <laughs> can, I, can we talk about Harry and Meghan, please? Yes, go for it. Okay. But we will talk about it again after we read his book. Yeah, 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 of course. Let's spare. talk about them for, forever. And Is it spare or spare air? Spare. Spare. They were like, drop the the. Just spare. So there's oh, only been hard. three episodes so far of the six episodes total. There are three more dropping tomorrow. Should we wait? I can't wait. I love Harry and Meghan. Yeah. What do you like about them? One, I think they're beautiful people. Yes. Like so interesting to look at. I think she's like one of the most beautiful. Oh, she's so gorgeous. Women ever. Yeah. Stunning. Like she's just really captivating to look at. She could be pregnant. She could be yeah in Botswana. She's just stunning. He is cute in an endearing kind of way. Like his cheeks probably get red when he's nervous. He um Harry seems like a guy that is yes, he's cute, but I also I have a thing for gingers. Um <laughs> but he seems so wholesome despite his upbringing like he seems so down to earth yeah. for somebody who is like royalty um because it like shows a lot of their text and their back and forth and everything and he's a boy he's like, a boy he's a boy in some of those where he's just like oh my gosh i'll wait forever just to like sit with you like she's like he's not a player no no and he totally could be probably. totally um it's because his mom really loved him yeah and he really loved his mom they show clips of princess diana and i just wanted to ball my mom was obsessed with her and like when she died and everything and they started like like the the world was very upset when princess diana died um and so or was murdered that's to be determined yeah Maybe on this podcast, we'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> we'll bottom of it. Just Don't like worry. John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> Diana is a Cancer with an Aquarius moon. You are a Cancer with a Libra moon, both air moons. You're, you have a lot of similar. Mm-hmm. I do feel a kinship with her. Mm-hmm. When was her birthday? July first, nineteen sixty-one. Good with the fast facts. I'm not even going to fact check this. This is all for the brain. <laughs> So, um, so their dynamic and their relationship is very interesting because he's a prince, he's royalty. Yeah. So you would think he has the upper hand, but what I saw was she has the upper hand. Yes. I would a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I think he is, and this is not me saying this in a bad way at all. I think he is much more submissive than her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that two things. One is because he's the second child. He had to go with the flow. And he had to agree. go with the yeah, flow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, has the same sort of uh, 
qualities, if you will, of a middle child, even yeah. though I know there was no air like underneath him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they were so close with their cousins that yeah. he kind of functioned like a middle child, like don't rock the boat, like keep the peace. Yeah. Eugenie and Beatrice were right behind him. At yeah. Ages. Exactly. And so, and I also think that he tried to spend a lot of his life as normally as he can. Like he talks about going to Africa a lot and being, feeling more at home there because he's like, totally not anonymous. Yeah. Like he's just, he can be a regular dude there. And a lot of people have like been like, oh, poor you. Like you have to do this Netflix special. It's very performative because you like, y'all are still rich. You still are royal, like all these different things. But I think that like what we're seeing, and I just finished the Matthew Perry book, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Horrible Thing, like being famous and being super wealthy, not only does not fix your problems or make you happy, I think it makes your problems worse. And I think it makes you more unhappy because everybody's getting to see you do all the shit that you're doing. Like everybody is like cataloging all of your downfalls and everything and just bringing up all the mistakes that you're making. They're in the tabloids, you know? Especially the British tabloids seem very nefarious. And very racist, right? Yeah, there's a lot of racism. Like, you're okay as long as you don't breed with. Yeah. Don't taint our bloodline. I, this is like a sweeping stereotype that's terrible. But like, when I studied abroad in Paris, I saw more racism than when I was in North Florida. I I felt like there was just like a very tight knit, like, we're Parisian, you're not like. Well, the French are kind of dicks anyways, but <laughs> towards everybody who's not French. But I also will say, I don't think that North Florida is diverse enough to be like, like blatantly racist. Like, like do I think that white, they're racist? So. Probably. Yeah. But I, do I think it's like abundant that they have an opportunity to showcase that racism? No, yeah. not as much. Yeah. Yeah. It was very segregated. Anyway, so I just love them together he really stands up for her yes and especially with her dad and all the stuff that went on with her dad which was was very heartbreaking that was really sad super sad do you think he did make a hundred thousand dollars yes i do i agree and did he really have a heart attack i don't know that was a whole fishy story he doesn't seem like he's super healthy and in shape. I don't know. But yeah. yeah, I think you're right. It's fishy. Maybe he thought he was having a heart attack or something, um, which I do every other week. So it's not. I know. Anytime, <laughs> anytime I'm anxious, it's either a heart attack or a, a blood clot. Yeah. And then my brain like, take a Tums. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> Maybe don't go to the emergency room right now. But then I'm like, the moment I don't go, like, that's, that's what's the time. Ha- yes. Something big is happening. Yeah. Me and Mr. Markle. Um, <laughs> in the emergency room together thinking of heart attacks and but okay so I there was some there's something about her Megan like that's not like she's an actress there's like this air about the way she talks like it's there's something slightly fake about it and then the way that but but that's fine like I realized that's who she is and that's just how she talks yeah 
Well, I will say I've been watching this with Tall Guy and he 100% agrees with you. He thinks she's super fake. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like when I talk, I'm like talking from my stomach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm breathing from my stomach. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you like this and she has this way that's more like, I don't know, like breathy and nasally. Like I'm like, she's talking from her head. Okay. I'm really just hungry. Honestly, that's what this whole podcast keeps coming back to. I'm like, what did you eat on the date? And you're like, nothing. I'm like, oh, fast forward. Like, I just <laughs> want to talk about food. But then there was something fake about the way that they were texting her dad. And she was like, <gasps> yes. do you know what I mean? Like, hey, we just want to make sure you're okay. We just want to make sure you're okay. Like, I also hated the fact that she called him H all the time. It's cringe. It is. Oh, you, you want some little? That's not bad. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry, everybody. I said things about French people just a minute ago. I just like want to be French. But that no. Here's the thing: is like the French people know that they're super French and that they're super snobby. Like yeah. this is a French quality. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just what is. I'm always reading books about how to be more French. Um, I love that for you. Yes, I do I think do. that you're inherently French. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll talk about my 23 and me um, all day. I'm like 48 percent French. Was it? It keeps getting higher. Every time I tell the story. <laughs> um, Even my coworkers make fun of me. They're like, aren't you like 105% French? I'm like, yeah. How did you know? Wait, should we move to France? Yes, I'm down. Oof! A bar. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Oh, oh, oh. oh good. Video I mean, whatever. Video? Okay, so just telling you what happened. Um, the champagne just exploded. We are in public setting, so Kate's going to get napkins to clean it up. And I'm going to keep recording. This is my time to shine and tell everybody what I think. I just love Prince Harry. He is a mm, Taurus Virgo or Virgo Taurus. I want to say Virgo Taurus. And um, Meghan Markle is a Leo Libra. <laughs> okay, I'll pause. <laughs> okay, we're back. We cleaned up and we ran into some names and we chit-chatted about life. Okay, but we do have a question for I have a question for you, posing a question to our listeners. Yeah. When you see a friend who is dating someone who is less then um stellar in that like i'm not just saying like personality problems i'm saying like this could lead into emotional abuse sort of situations like um as an example if you will um if someone is out at a friendly gathering and that person is dating someone who's like mm, should you really be eating that or should you really be taking that second glass of wine um that's insane. If anyone ever did that to me, I would break up with them because I like to eat what I want to eat. I like to drink a lot. <laughs> and I, I know both of those things. Like I know I should be healthier. Everyone knows the basics about eating and drinking. Like it's not up to anyone else to tell you how to do that. I hate the fact that anyone would. So like if you're dating someone, Kate, and he, he says that to you and I see it. Well, I would probably say something like, I would try to bring it up 
not in a serious way, but in a joking way. Like, does he always do that? Or like, is that specific to ice cream? <laughs> is he like actually concerned about your dairy intake because you're lactose intolerant? Or mm. What would you say to me if if I was dating a guy and I'm like, oh my God, Kate, I can't wait for you to meet him. He's like so hot. He's so smart and funny and um, he's a prince. And then um, he says, Chris, are you sure you want to eat that brownie? I would not be okay with it. One, like who the fuck are you to tell me what I can and cannot eat, right? Right. Um, not only is that just super cringe, but also like that's emotional abuse. Um, because not in that one situation, I don't believe it happens in one situation. I think it happens repetitively and that repetitiveness gets into women's brains. And I think it could happen for men too. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it, it happens gradually in a way that is so, so dangerous. Like you talked about this with your last boyfriend, like where it's like you feel embarrassed to eat yeah. in front of men or you feel embarrassed or you feel guilty or whatever. And it's like, that is such a dangerous line for women just in general to mm -hmm. like, we're all one emotional abusive relationship away from an eating disorder. A hundred percent. Oh Yeah. Um, so, so yes, I would tell you all that to say, but then I'm thinking like, okay, maybe a couple has this thing where she's like saying over and over and over, I need to stop eating brownies. I need to stop eating ice cream. Like I need to stop eating so much. And then he's being practical and saying, um, are you sure you're going to eat that brownie? Because all day you talk about, I don't want to keep eating sweets. I want you to be a safe space for me to complain. Right. right. You don't need to take action to fix my life. Yeah, because like in the instance of eating the sweets, like because you've already acknowledged that you have a problem, like you already know, you don't need somebody to guilt you more than you've already been guilted. That's just going to lead to more guilt and more shame and no behavioral change. Right. And I also, like, I've dated people who are fat phobic and, um, you know, you can tell the way they look at people. Yeah. And right the way away. they talk about people and any, and like, even though I know they saw me as like not being fat, like, um, I struggle a lot with body dysmorphia and, um, that always stuck with me. That was always like, oh, like. I can't gain a lot of weight with this person. Like I can't eat that or like I can only eat when they eat or, you know, like, and these people would be like eating one meal a day and I eat like every four hours, you know, like, minutes, pretty much. Yeah. you know, and like I would be starving and Ooh. just like, oh, but it's not okay to me for me to eat unless they eat, you know, like, oh my God. and so like, I just think that those are very dangerous, like subconscious things. And maybe people don't like, maybe these men don't mean to do it. And they're just like projecting onto these women. But like when you are grown up and this is especially like, I don't know if this is true in all like areas of the country, but especially in the South, like you're supposed to look a certain way. You're supposed to carry yourself a certain way. You're supposed to be a certain way. And the moment you don't fit into that mold is the moment you become other. And the moment you become other is the moment that you start to develop these 
I don't know, like just these things about yourself that are not true, that you're not enough and like you're not going to be enough until you're thin enough or pretty enough or submissive enough Mm -hmm. or, you know, fill in the blank. And that's so dangerous. And I don't think that people think about it like in a one instance thing. It gradually happens. Emotional abuse gradually happens just like physical abuse does Mm -hmm. because the moment he hits you is the moment you're like, okay, I'm going to leave. And then he apologizes and he's like, it's never going to happen again. And, And you think you believe him and then it happens again and it's a little bit harder and then it gets a little harder and then he puts you in the hospital. Like it's a gradual thing. You don't know what's happening. And then it, it just spirals into this thing you don't know how to get out of. And so, yes, a hundred percent, I would tell my friend that. And if they don't listen to me, like that's their choice, but at least I've told them and I can't be on the sidelines being like, oh, well I saw this and then she got beat the shit out of her, you know, like, yeah. Um, it's a spectrum. Yeah. So like, I, I want to bring it back to like, if I'm cl- complaining, if I'm on a diet and I'm constantly talking about my diet and I'm always like, I want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. Like I want to be in shape. And then I'm like, brownies are my weakness. And then someone is like, Hey, Chris, you want a brownie? And then I'm dating somebody and they're like, are you sure you want a brownie? And I take one. First of all, I would break up with him. Second of all, <laughs> I don't think that means he's going to beat me up. Like, I think maybe we left we left far into the um, emotional abuse to physical abuse No, I'm spectrum. just saying, yeah. yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. Maybe I he's think, just like all you do but is I talk about brownies. But I think that this is, this yeah. is how, like, yeah. things morph into very dangerous relationships. And I think that... And we've, we've had episodes like this, like where we've talked about emotional abuse and, um, and I don't think that the two equate to one another. I think they're very different, but equally harmful. Um, but I do think that having a say in what somebody eats and drinks is another measure of control. And I think control when you're taking it from another person leads into emotional abuse. That is so beautifully said, Kate. We should have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's just so dangerous. And I think it's like unfair for us as friends when we are close to people and we see it because you can't not see it. You and see maybe, it. and perhaps you see it in the beginning and then the person sort of like slowly withdraws mm-hmm. from their circle because that's what abuse does. But I think it's harmful to not say anything. I think it's harmful to your friendship, even if you think it's harmful to your friendship to say something. I think it's harmful to them and to your friendship if you don't. Girls know girls. Girls are so intuitive and perceptive and know everything about their friend. Like, they pick up on it. It's not, um, oh, we got a champagne um, in a paper cup situation. (laughs) Kate caught it just in time. Thank God. You know, Prince Harry would never, ever do that to Meghan Markle. He would never be like, are you sure you want to eat that brownie? Right. So, um, quick, quick question. Oh, uh, great news. We're focusing. I have my <laughs> um, focusing alert on. So, you're so long. My hair is so long. Shout out Rescue too. Time. You can sign up for free at rescuetime.com. And, um, no, my hair is growing so quickly. I can't keep up. I got to highlight it. 
and I keep cutting it too. Oh, I need you to dye mine again. Oh yeah, dark. Mm -hmm. You want to go dark? Okay, fun. Always, because going light doesn't work for me. Yeah, no, I mean it looks really good on you, and you have sort of a pink like undertone. Yeah, is that okay to say? So yes, it's I true. Think cool so, yes. brown looks good on you. Yeah, it's like a nice compliment because you don't want to go reddish and reddish. It's too red, you know. No, even though my hair does hold on like fuck to the to, red to the red. So, Science. Quick, quick question um, about Meghan Markle. So. Some people say she is an emotionally abusive partner and she's controlling Harry and secluding him from his family. What do you think? Uh, explain how that would be true. She literally ripped him away from his family. Um, I think from everything that we've seen, uh, he he was the leader in that. You think? I don't think that she was like, it's me or the royal family. I Good do point. not think that at all. I do think that he saw how she was treated and that made him like snap to attention and be like, well, this is a very toxic fucking environment mm -hmm. and I don't want my wife or my kids to have to go through this. So I think that he loves her enough to give up his sort of, I don't know, title, station in life, whatever you want to call it, Perhaps in a way that makes them both feel yeah um okay because the way she explains um how quickly it kind of derailed for her like she was on suits which she was phenomenal in suits um, rachel zane yeah i love that show extraordinaire yeah she's fantastic um gorgeous and then Stunning. she meets harry h as she calls him i hate that I don't know why, but I do. It's cringe. Um, but she meets him. They start dating, whatever. And then she's in, what is it, Toronto? Yeah. And she's living their super quiet life. And then all of a sudden, it's just chaos. It's pure chaos. Mm -hmm. And her neighbors are being paid to put up surveillance cameras. Everything is happening. And Shout out to the people that said no. And then also she's... It becomes a race thing like and she's just like i i don't feel like i can like have a voice in this because i think that like um like people who are black are gonna feel some way and then i think people are who are white are gonna feel some way and then people are calling me out for being like trash and everything and I think that he saw that and he was like, I love her more than I love the people who are putting this garbage out. And I do think that behind the mm -hmm. scenes mm -hmm. from what we have seen and what I would assume is accurate. Do I think the whole, the Royal family is wholesome? No, I do not. I, I just don't think it's set up to be that way. I think that it is protect the crown. It's protect the crown it is like, you know, be as you know you have etiquette above all and everything and like you can't be a real human mm -hmm. like the way she talks about not being able to wear color there because she can't there's so many like oh it's a metaphor yeah there's so many like you know things to check off like you can't dress more colorfully than this person you can't dress the same color as this person she was like it's too much so i'm gonna wear a tan and i think that that's really important for her story to be like mm, no this is not being part of this culture is not like is not worth this um 
I think that it's not worth it. That's a great phrase, Kate. Like, I think that her love for him was worth it. And I think that together mm -hmm. they were like, what is the most unobtrusive way we can live our life and be in love and be married and have a family without all of this chaos around us that is not true, that it's like seeping toxins into our life and our world together. Yeah. Like, how can we get away from that? Um, they left. And they left. Do I think that America is much better? No. Because they live here, right? They don't live in Canada. They live in, I think, Montecito or like um, like kind of Northern California, north of LA. Yeah. Like the perfect place, probably perfect weather. Yeah. Somewhere between 30 and 80 degrees. <laughs> You're so funny with that. Um, and then people criticize it, them for being hypocritical because it's like, we just want to get away from it all. Now we're going to pursue a life of acting and release a documentary and write a book, but they need to make money. Mm -hmm. And that's all they can do. I just think that it's so hypocritical for us to be like, oh, they have so much and like, oh, woe is me. My diamond shoes are too small is to be criticizing them for what they've been through when we have absolutely no clue. I don't know what it's like to be having paparazzi like around my apartment. Like that's a great point. Can you imagine? Like, no, like even 12, just with yeah. my trauma that I've been through, yeah. like I would be nervous and anxious and scared all the time. I wouldn't be able to sleep. We we saw what it did to like Britney Spears and so many other um people. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Paris Hilton, like the paparazzi's terrible. The whole Demi Lovato, Demi like Lovato. all of the young stars who become, you know, stars. Oh, when every childhood young. actor ever. Yeah. Our brains aren't wired for. And even fame. Taylor Swift, whole Reputation album came out of all of that garbage. And she's very well adjusted, like the most well adjusted celebrity I know. Yeah. Wholesome. I can't wait for her book. Hotel. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I wonder how many years we have to wait. I think she could be a guest on Never Knows. Maybe. Maybe. We're going to aim high. We got to reach up to her. Yeah. Yeah. You should be into it. We can manifest it. Speaking of manifesting, I am working on my resolutions for 2023. <gasps> Love that for you. I really want to um, put myself out there. How so? Well, leave my apartment. <laughs> yes. Okay, so. <laughs> no, uh, leave Gun Barrel. Yeah, even leave the neighborhood. Wow. Yeah, I, I got to put myself out there. I've spent the past seven years working from home. And I I know I'm, I'm speaking, I'm preaching at the choir or whatever. Like, we're all working from home. It's, you know, a post-pandemic era but I've spent so much time alone like I'm alone 24 7 um and I'm, I'm like Kate could mention one tv show one movie and I'm like yeah of course I've seen it because I spent so much time alone I've seen everything so I I gotta I have time my job is not as stressful as my last job like I have time so I've got to get out there so I'm just I'm still working on the resolutions and um you you, you take this because I have one right here. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'll get down to the specifics. Don't worry, dear listeners. <laughs> um, 
I will share them with you as well, but like leaving my comfort zone is my theme. I love that for you. Thank you. What was your theme of 2023? Um, I think I have morphed fully in the past six weeks into oh my, my God. into my villain era. I am <laughs> I, I, I am in a I am in a complete give no fucks sort of uh, era of my life. Okay, the give no fucks and, era. And I um I completely understand that this is gonna turn some people off, but I am so tired of um people trying to fuck with me. I am really tired of people trying to, um, one, say I'm not enough or two, um, say that I've been a bad friend and that like, you know, spread rumors about me and stuff. And this has happened in two of my relationships in the past three years where I thought people were like my best friends and they turned out to not be. Um, and I am just tired. I am tired of toxic relationships. I am tired of people mansplaining things to me. I am tired of the monarchy. Yeah. The patriarchy, the anything that tells me I'm not good enough. Fuck that. That is the era of life I am in. That is the, the energy I'm bringing into 2023. Vigilante shit. Yeah. Draw the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man. Karma's cat. Purring in my lap because it loves me. Flexing like a goddamn acrobat. Yeah, and karma vibe like that. That's where we're at. Okay. So those are those are my uh, that is what I'm manifesting. I love it. Do we finish the story about Cat Daddy? Yes. Okay. Cat Daddy, I told him I let him down easy. I told him I would love to go to tacos with him. I'd love to be friends with him if he wants. He is not taking me up on that, and that is okay. Um, but I just – I think it's really important if you know something's not going to work to not force it and to be honest with that person. Mm-hmm. And they may be hurt at first, but in the long run, it's a, it's a better thing. And so um, – I've been led on. I think that I have also led people on just for this, the sheer, you know. Sure. It happens. Of, you know, like, like wanting to, to be a nice person, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think that that's okay with dating. Like you just need one. This is what I always come back to is like, Mm. you only need one. You only need one partner unless you're ethically non-monogamous, which I'm not, which, you know, whatever is a whole nother situation. But you only need one partner. And so if that one person that you're going out with, you know that it's not going to fit what you want, then you need to let them go. Right. You got to let them go. You got to let them back. go. And I think that's so important. In the lake or the sea. We're going to wrap this up because, I don't know, this podcast has made me hungry. <laughs> I got to go eat. I made like artichokes. Like I took frozen artichokes and put them in the oven. No, they were terrible. (laughs) It was a huge mistake. So now I think I'm going to make like eggs, like scrambled eggs for dinner. Or because the medical medium on TikTok said no eggs. Or sush from King Soups. Oh, okay. Just like Jerry on Hinge said. I'm down for sushi and food. (laughs) 
He's my soulmate. <laughs> and you were like, they're one and the same. What, Jerry? It's like chicken and food. What? What world do you live in, Jer? Let's end this podcast because we've been talking for a while and I'm hungry. So, um, <laughs> Kate, do you want to introduce the next meet I would. Cute? This meet cute is a friend of Chris and I's, and we just love this couple to death. Um, is this Chris? No, it's not. I'm here. <laughs> I don't have a meet cute story. That's why I'm here, Kate. Oh, my gosh. It is Mackenzie and Toby. Um, and we love them both so, 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 so much. So much. They were our neighbors and now they are, you know, have bought a house and have set down roots in Houston, much to our dismay. Um, but we are so excited to introduce their meet cute. So, um, without further ado, here it is. So Toby and I met in our speech for engineers class in college. So we didn't really talk to each other for the first bit of class, the first couple weeks. Um, I do remember seeing him and thinking, man, that is a huge guy. <laughs> and then we were put just randomly in the same group together in class. So we all exchanged numbers. And so I like to look back and laugh and uh, tell people that, you know, he didn't even have to work to get my number. He just automatically got it by chance being in this class. And so I remember grading his paper and it was the most terribly grammatically paper ever. And I remember laughing at him and giving him notes and, and helping him with it. And then one day uh, after class, we walked together and uh, walked out and chatted, but the big thing that really got us uh, to start talking was when we were in class one day and I kept looking down at my watch and just wondering when this class was going to be over and all of a sudden I got a text and it was from him saying looking at the clock is not going to make time go faster I've already tried and that was the first moment that we started talking and really just started our relationship from there and so that's our meet cute very long one it wasn't just a one moment but it was a, a bunch of little moments and chances that uh, brought us together